Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers and Mischief. Hello and welcome to the Business of Beverages. I'm your host, Will Keating, and I'm joined by Mr. Podrick, Foxy Fox. Hello again, Will. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'll tell you what, Will, I am getting increasingly excited about Leuven. Leuven. Well, now, first things first, which is it? Is it Leuven? Is it Leuven? Is it Louvain? I think it depends on if you're in Flanders or Wallonia. Now, I looked this up because I wasn't sure. So I think it's just over the border in Flanders, but, you know, it's pretty close. I think it's only like 5K maybe from the from the border. Do you know what? If you join us in Leuven or Leuven, you can find <laughs> out the answer for yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm delighted to say, so obviously we announced last week on the episode with Peter O'Connor that we were going to be doing... And a series of events throughout 2022, the biggest of which so far is our ambitious plan to do a two-day event in Leuven or Louvain or Leuven. Uh, You take your pick. But either way, we're going to Belgium in late May, the 25th and 26th of May, and we have a fantastic program of events. And we've had a huge reaction, Foxy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, preliminary requests to join us have been like really well received. Thank you, everybody, for getting in touch so far. We will have more details in the coming weeks. But if you are anyway interested, do drop us an email on bizbevpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you're a dedicated listener, and let's face it, you have to be a dedicated listener if you're listening to the uh, shot off quiz, then I'm convinced that you will have a fantastic time there. Look, it's just going to be brilliant. Yeah, it's, it is just going to be brilliant. Yeah, that's enough. I should stop trying to sell it. Um, <laughs> it's so good it sells itself well. <laughs> but here, getting back to the order of the day, we're here to do a shot-off quiz. Yes, it's quiz time. This is the, this is the highlight of every, my two weeks. <laughs> every fortnight. I struggle. I struggle to come up with something, but I think I have a good one this week. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think I've got a pretty good one. Very cryptic clues for you this week. Oh, I love cryptic clues. Okay. Give it to me. You go first, uh, as in, give me the clues first. I love cryptic. Right. So for five points, Will, uh, this beverage was invented in 1934 by a gentleman named Kurt Mast, uh, and it is 35% ABV. Mm, Kurt Mast sounds Germanic in the extreme, Um, but 35% ABV is very specific, and it's too low to be... A rum or a gin or a vodka. So I'm going to go with a liqueur, a high-strength liqueur. I'm going to say Jägermeister. And the five points are yours. (laughs) Have we ever had a five-pointer? No, we've never had a five-pointer. This is it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I, 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 I... uh, who was the guy Fabrizio Rabinelli used to put his uh, jersey up over his head and run around? Over his head, yep. Oh, listeners, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Um, see, Jägermeister, it, G- Germanic name, 35%. Maybe it's Jägermeister. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I should have led with the four-point question, uh, which was, um, the label contains a subtle nod to, con- to the conversion of St. Hubertus and St. Eustace. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, w- I would have struggled with that one. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they saw a stag with a cross between his antlers, and that persuaded them to convert to Christianity. Yeah, I, I tell you, if I drank enough Jägermeister, uh, anything would <laughs> convince me. <laughs> so, what what were the other clues? 
For for three points, um, the the beverage found major fame in the nineteen eighties when the Sydney Frank Liquor Company in the US advertised it as a young person's party drink. Yeah. Um, and that particular import company was bought by Jägermeister directly in twenty fifteen. For bonus point, um, since twenty eighteen, it has been the official shot of the NHL ice hockey. Naturally. Although, to be yes. fair, Jägermeister is, is kept in the freezer in a lot of American bars, so it's on exactly. ice. Uh, and yeah. then the one-point uh, one clue, it is used in various cocktails such as Liquid Heron, Surfer on Acid, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and, of course, the one that's mixed with Red Bull and ends up in a bomb format. <laughs> I, I came across Jägermeister the first time in the States, working in a, a bar in Chicago, and just it was so bizarre to me that, that people were drinking cough syrup as far as i could tell <laughs> and then subsequently in in later years i went on skiing holidays and discovered the flying hirsch uh, or the flying stag uh, in austria which is of course a jägermeister dropped into a shot of red bull and knocked back quickly so yeah jägermeister great if you love cough syrup <laughs> yeah <laughs> and who doesn't when I was researching this, the, um, the the guy from the Frank, the Sydney Frank Liquor Company, apparently it was one of the greatest feats of marketing to be able to take a product that most Americans couldn't pronounce the name of, which was traditionally for old German men after a day's hunting, and convert it into one of the hottest shots in the states. Yeah, it it absolutely, you know, it just doesn't make any sense, but people love it. Uh, I I used to, and I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we've said before, uh, many of us have that experience with certain beverages, almost invariably spirits. Yep. Right. Safe in the knowledge that I can't be beaten. It can only be a draw. Uh, I'm going to launch into my clues. Are you ready? I, f- I feel a little bit like Watford going into play an FA Cup final against Man City. <laughs> well, I can tell you that you do know this drink. I'm, I'm 100% convinced that you will be familiar with it. For five points. Introduced in 1901, this iconic drink is a best-selling mainstay in its homeland, despite leading international competition from giant conglomerates. Uh, Just going to go with Campari. I know it's not Campari. I'm just going to go with it. No, not Campari. For four points, following a ban on production during World War II, this drink changed the spelling of its name, but not its pronunciation in 1947. Okay, so it was banned from being produced during World War Two. Yes, along with many other drinks in this category. Okay, so basically kind of thinking that it's either German or English as a lot of factories were put to different use. Um and yeah, I, I, so you're you're thinking absolutely right. I wouldn't limit yourself to English. Oh, interesting. Wait, is it Earn Brew? Yes, congratulations. <laughs> 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 yeah, congratulations. So Iron Brew, I R N B R U. Um, so it was previously A G Bars Iron Brew, spelled correctly, and then they changed it. They came back in order to be legally protected. Iron Brew was a very common beverage in the same way that cola was a common beverage. So they, they decided that if they had a particular spelling, they could legally protect it. So there you go. Congratulations. Four points. The other clues were, controversially, this drink gains its distinctive color from Sunset Yellow and Ponsero, which are better known as E110 and E124. 
So despite committing to remove them, they haven't been removed yet. Well, they only, they only have to commit to remove them. Yeah, yes. They committed to remove them uh, 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to put a date on that sort of stuff. <laughs> they also had, for two points, manufactured by AG Bar Limited. This drink features a Strongman logo, uh, which is relatively subtle. Um, and then, uh, for one point, often described as Scotland's other national drink. Wait, what's Scotland's first name? Oh, yeah, whiskey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, isn't isn't this the one of the only countries in the world where Coca-Cola is not the number one best-selling soft drink? Or is that an urban myth? That was the case up until the mid-noughties. Uh, but now Coca-Cola is the number one selling drink, and Iron Brew is second or possibly third. And there's a number of countries where Coca-Cola isn't the number one selling soft drink, but there's very few of them, and Peru is one of them. But Coca-Cola got around the problem by buying Inca-Cola, apparently. I think there's also like Mecca-Cola in Saudi Arabia, and I think the biggest shareholders there are also the Coca-Cola beverage company. Mecca-Cola. Mecca-Cola. <laughs> okay. Bizarre. With two very strong results there. Uh, High-scoring game. On any other week, a four-pointer would win for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. At the top of your game today. Well played. Congratulations. And I look forward to hearing from people who are interested in more of the fun and frolics that we have and seeing us in Leuven or Louvain or what's the other one? Leuven. That's the one. Leuven. The, the, the Dutch pronunciation. So drop us a line on at bizbevpod at gmail.com if you're interested in coming to see us in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at bizbevpod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash bizbevpod. What am Enjoy I, some I, Belgian beers. <sighs> Let me start again. <laughs> <laughs>